Quick reminder that the school kids are staying after Mass today for about 10 minutes for a lesson on the virtue of justice by Father Mark Ullincott. And so the rosary group that are, they usually pray a rosary after Mass, please wait until after that to begin your rosary. This is our sneaky way of making you listen to a talk about justice. So we just heard these words from the Gospel, from the Gospel according to Luke, that Jesus summoned the twelve and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Jesus did this 2,000 years ago, and that was the beginning of the priesthood. And those twelve went out and, and had authority over demons and cured diseases, and then he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Those twelve did that, and then... 12 after them, and 12 after them, and 12 after them. And this has been happening down the centuries all the way to today. And one of these men down these centuries was St. Vincent de Paul, who we're celebrating, whom we're celebrating today. He was from the 1500s in France. And St. Vincent de Paul, his body is incorrupt. You know what that means? So most bodies, when they die, when, when somebody dies, the bodies are buried in the ground and they decompose. Some bodies by a miracle, by God's grace, are preserved, incorrupt, as a great sign, as a great example for us to pay attention to this person, because they usually modeled some sort of heroic virtue. You guys have been learning about the virtues this week, and today we're going to learn more about justice. And so St. Vincent de Paul is a great example of that. He was a great hero of justice, and so God preserved his body. So you can go to France, you can go to Paris and see his body there laying in, in a tomb where, in, behind a glass where you can see and pray before him. Now, he was a great man of action because when he was a little child, he was born of a, of a poor family, a peasant family, and he was one of six children, and they were farmers, so he had to work really hard, so he couldn't just sit around and play games all day, although I'm sure he did have some fun as a child. But he was a man of action. He worked hard in his field, and he saw from a young age that Christ would be his leader. So he spent a lot of time in prayer and a lot of time in silence. You know, he, they had an advantage back then. They didn't have electronics. They didn't have cell phones. We think that's an advantage for us, but it was an advantage for them to not have them because whenever we have a moment of silence, we have a little break, we're tempted to, put, to pull out our phones. They didn't have that. They were able to just be in the silence and to enjoy that and to be with God and to play outside in nature. And that was a great way for him to get to know the Lord, to develop his relationship with Christ. And so he did that as a child, and he became a good student. He was able to focus really well. He became a good student. And so his family sent him to go and study. So they made great sacrifices for him to go study. And pretty soon, as a teenager, he began studying for the priesthood. He thought, maybe I'll be a, I'll be a priest. And he became a seminarian. And he was ordained a priest at what age? Nineteen. He was a priest at 19 years old. He's pretty young. And so after that, he, something terrible happened to him. He was on a ship. He was traveling across the ocean. And the ship was attacked by a group of pirates. Can you imagine that? Being on a ship and being attacked by a group of pirates. And he was kidnapped. And he was sold as a slave. So now he, here he is, this young man who was a priest, was sold as a slave. But guess what happened? He served his master really well with diligence, with patience. Those are two other virtues you will learn later on, diligence and patience. He served his master well. And his master were so impressed by him that he began learning from him. 
And what did he teach him? What do you think he taught him? He taught him Christ. Yes, what do you think? He taught him about Jesus, that's right. And his master listened. And so his master converted and became a Christian himself and set him free. Now, so this, this is how his priesthood began. This is how his life began. And as he began his ministry, he noticed pretty quickly that not many people went to confession. Not many people in the parish where he served confessed their sins to the priest and to God. And so he started preaching about that. You folks have to come to confession. You have to go to confession. This is an act of justice because we owe something to God. Namely, we owe him our honesty, our truth, and we sin. So we owe this to God to tell God our sins. And so he started preaching about this and people started coming to confession. But then he realized that not many, pre not many priests knew how to hear confessions or knew, didn't know how to do this well or how to give counsel well. So he began teaching priests how to hear confessions. And so you see, just one step, one, one stage at a time, he was just addressing the need at, at the time. And he was working hard and he was applying himself to that task. As he did this, people started forming around him and gathered and a congregation gathered around him. And this first one was called Congregation of the Mission. And they went and preached the gospel to the poor, preached Christ, introduced people to Jesus. And more and more people learned about this and they wanted to join him. They wanted to help him. And a lot of rich people ended up coming and giving him money for him to go out and feed the poor. At one point, they were feeding 16,000 poor people every single day. He and his friends feeding them soup and bread, 16,000. Now, he didn't steal money from the poor. You may have heard the tale of Robin Hood. Has anyone heard of Robin Hood? So Robin Hood stole money from the rich and gave to the poor. That's not good. That's not right. That's not just. That's an injustice to steal from the rich. But St. Vincent the poor, he would ask money. He would ask for donations and the rich would give. And so then he would feed the poor with that money. More people came to him and they formed this group called the Vincentians, this religious order. And then they met a young woman named Louise de Marillac, who is a very holy woman herself. And she became a nun, she became a religious sister, and the two of them founded the Daughters of Charity. The Daughters of Charity, the sisters, the nuns, the Daughter of Charity. And today, this was 500 years ago, today there are 25,000 Daughters of Charity all over the world. So you young men, you could grow up and become a priest like St. Vincent de Paul, and you young women could grow up and become a nun like St. Louise de Marillac. These are great saints, great examples of virtue in our church. Then he died in old age and he had a terrible disease that confined him to a chair. But he remained cheerful, always talking about Jesus, praying many hours, and he continued his work by writing letters. And notice that he didn't start with grandiose plans. He didn't set out to be the best astronaut or the best doctor or solve world hunger or solve cancer. He didn't start with these things. He started by just being faithful to the work in front of him, faithful to the duties in front of him, do, giving God what is due and giving his neighbor what is due, praying, confessing his sins, and giving money and giving food to the poor. So that's really the task for us, and that's how we grow in justice. And a great way that we do this is because we don't do any of this by ourselves. We ask for help. We ask God for help, and we ask the saints for help. So that's what we're doing here at Mass. We're asking God for help and asking the saints. So when somebody says the name of a saint, so right now I'll say St. Vincent de Paul, you guys all respond, pray for us. So St. Vincent de Paul, 